He traveled alone for over 600 miles, far from his home in Ukraine. He's only 11. Even worse, he only had a plastic bag, a passport, and a telephone number. But young Hassan made it. Another story of wonder. His town of Saporizhia was under attack from the Russian military. His mother had no choice but to send her son 620 miles away to Slovakia. That's where their closest family was outside of Ukraine. She stayed back to take care of her elderly mother. So Hassan got on a train. All he had was his passport and a phone number written on his hand. I was very scared, he said, the first time he had ever been away from his mother. But he made it. He's safe. His mother is too, so far. Safe, a word we long for. Christ said this world will never be safe until he comes back to make all things new. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're starting a new series today on this Monday called Journey to the End of the World. It's the the end of the world as we know it. A hit song by a popular Georgia-based group, R.E.M., It's the End of the World. But I'm not sure everyone will be saying they feel fine when the world ends. It really depends on whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, doesn't it? But Revelation was not written to scare Christians. If you were listening to our program last week, you heard that at the very beginning of the book, it says there's a blessing for all who read and hear the words found there. So in a moment, we're going to look again at Revelation. We'll look at chapter 6 in the next few minutes. In fact, we'll listen to it as well, as Karen Heinbach will be back with us to share her dramatic presentation from her two-part CD called The Revelation. In some ways, chapter 6 is a brief history of history. We're reminded about all the hardships we face on this earth, violence, disease, even murders, and it poses a question we've all uttered at one time or another. How long, O Lord? How long will you keep allowing these things to happen? So many of us have asked this question, and Revelation has an answer of encouragement for all God's people. So may I invite you, to stay with me and be blessed. And speaking of Karen Heimbach, I'm encouraged to hear from so many people who've reached out to us over the past several days and asked for a copy of her dramatic presentation of the Revelation. In this project, she recites only the text of Revelation word for word, but also with a cinematic music score and realistic sound effects underneath that help tell the story. It's unforgettable as she brings the revelation to life with the world-renowned London Symphony Orchestra underneath. As you listen to God's Word spoken aloud, I know you'll be blessed, and the Bible says you will be. Why don't you call us after the program and get your copy of The Revelation Project, two CDs for your gift to Haven today. I'm asking for your generosity when you get in touch with us because the revelation is an expensive product and we have to pay more per copy. 
So, would you call us after the program at 800-654-2836? That's 800-654-2836. Or go meet up with us online and check out the short feature on our website about the making of the Revelation Project, and then send your gift. You can do that when you visit us at haventoday.org. One word, haventoday.org. And don't forget, you can still partner with Mission Eurasia to help Ukrainian refugees. I've known the president there for 25 years. They're on the ground right now handing out boxes of food and a New Testament in every box. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. Ask about how you can help when you call or read more about it at haventoday.org. Now we open with the lion and the lamb. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break. His broken hearts declare His praise. But who can stop the Lord Almighty? This is Haven Today in a program called Journey to the End of the World. There are phrases in Revelation that are familiar to us, rich phrases of Scripture, some we know by heart. You might be surprised that they come from some of the very same sections that confuse us about the book. One such phrase is the cry of the martyrs, how long, O Lord? That's in chapter 6, 
dealing with six scrolls, the seventh revealed in chapter 7. Let's listen now to Karen Heimbuck as she recites Revelation 6, underscored by the London Symphony Orchestra. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come! I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain. Because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained, they called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. I watched as he opened the sixth seal, There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. And the stars in the sky fell to earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, And every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks. Another word to say. Isn't that powerful? Karen Heimbach, the London Symphony Orchestra, word for word from Revelation chapter 6. And you've joined me, Charles Morris, here on Haven today. In Revelation 6, we have what you could call a brief history of history. We're dropped out of the clouds of glory, so to speak, right back down to earth. And we read about violence and disease and famine and murder and financial injustice and even pestilence. In Revelation, we're transported 
all the way forward to the end of time. But it also helps us to understand the present, today, struggle of believers living in this world. It recognizes the question that we all ask, and we see it on the lips of those who've lost their lives to the evil that rages against the church. We might not be bold enough to ask the question on our own. So God inspired the question to be right there in his word. How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Those are martyrs crying out in Revelation 6.10. You see, when the Lamb opens the fifth seal in verse 9, we're taken up to heaven under the altar. And there under the altar are the souls of those who've been slain for the word of God and their witness to Christ. Martyrdom. It's been a part of the Christian experience in this world ever since the first martyr, Stephen, whose story we read in the first century in Acts chapter 7 and 8. Sometimes in the West... We don't even think about martyrdom. But there was a time that even Western Christians faced martyrdom. I want you to hear the story of John Rogers, martyred in England for preaching the gospel of free grace in Christ. Dr. Steve Lawson is the president of One Passion Ministries, and he tells the story. And in the case of John Rogers, we believe that Bloody Mary was on the second floor watching and observing um, all of this in Smithfield in London. So it was a very painful way to die. It was a very humiliating way to die. But when John Rogers went to the stake, the ambassador to France wrote, it looked as though he was going to his wedding day. He was going triumphantly. He knew why he was dying. And it was a gospel issue. And he had been offered a pardon that morning that if he would recant his view on the Lord's Supper and the gospel itself, then a pardon would be given to him. And he said, what I have preached, I will seal with my own blood. And so he goes triumphantly. He had a wife and ten children. The youngest child he had never seen. She was born while he was in prison. He was in Newgate Prison there in Smithfield. And his children try to break through the crowd um, to come to him. And he just is relentless. So these men... Um, are heroes of the faith. That was Dr. Steve Lawson, who spoke with wretched TV host Todd Friel about the martyrdom of John Rogers. What a story of gospel resolve. And we can have no doubt that John Rogers stands there crying out with the rest of the martyrs under the altar, How long, O Lord? Now, as you hear this, cry from all the martyrs through the centuries. Don't think that it's just an elite class of Christians calling for justice. Most Bible commentators think this is not just about those who've been literally martyred, but they think it's a bold way of picturing every true Christian. The word slain is the word that's used for the lamb. 
And these are the people who were slain with the lamb, as it were. They are participating in the death of Jesus Christ. It's a picture of Christians who've given their lives over to Jesus Christ, laying down their lives based on God's word, living under the protection of God's altar. And I think this is the cry of every faithful heart. Don't you? How long, O Lord, till you remove this world from evil, from my family, from me? I don't doubt you are just and holy and right and true, but I'm weary of evil. How can you allow it to continue? It's very important to stop and think about what this question says about the faith of God's people in the power of God to save and to bring justice in the world. The force of greed and famine and murder and hatred and pestilence, what we see unfold in the seals of Revelation 6, these are not the supreme powers in history. The Lamb of God who sits on the throne is the supreme power. The Lamb is good and holy and righteous and gracious and utterly sovereign over even evil including the evil that you and I experience today. I find that hopeful, don't you? And I think that's the basis in which we, too, can cry out, Oh, Lord, how long? He's still there. He's in control. It's not a fatalistic question. They aren't throwing their hands up in the air. They expect God to answer, and God gives the most beautiful answer, and it's there in verse 11 of Revelation 6, he gives to each of them, and each of us too, a white robe, the robe of Christ's righteousness, and tells them to rest a little longer until the full number of those who are to come is complete. We're very familiar with the first question, how long, O Lord? We've all heard that. But that's not the only question in Revelation 6. There's another very significant question. We hear it in verses 15 through 17 from people facing the wrath of God. Here it is. Who can stand? You see, the sixth seal is the picture of the final day of the anger and wrath of the Lamb of God. This is the day when Christ will judge. He'll destroy all that ruins his creation or seeks to. And when the Lamb opens the sixth seal, we're given a picture of final judgment. In the paradoxical way of Revelation, the Lamb unleashes his wrath against an evil world. Who can stand before this Lamb? No one, at least not on their own. But if you've ever taken the time to slowly and carefully read Revelation on your own, you know that the Christ who comes to punish evil is the same Christ who gave himself so as to wrap us in his love so he doesn't have to punish us. Christ prepared the way so that we can stand before him. The lamb who brings God's wrath against evil is the lamb who bore God's wrath against evil for all who place their faith in him. Listen, as I share the answer to that ultimate question from Revelation 7, 9, and 10, after this, John speaking here, I looked. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language 
standing before the throne, before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out together in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I hear the Savior say Thy strength indeed is small Child of weakness, watch and pray Find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all All to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow words. Jesus takes the stain of our sin and by his blood washes us white as snow. Rory and Joey, with the classic hymn, Jesus Paid It All, from the album Joey recorded as she was dying from cancer. And yet she was looking to Jesus up until she finally closed her eyes. And when they opened, guess who she was with? I'm Charles Morris, and this is Haven Today. Revelation, I know it can be a hard book to understand. Many of us have stayed away from it because of the strange imagery or hard-to-understand passages. And yet that first chapter says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what's written in it, because the time is near. Well, as you've just heard, this book was 
written to encourage the church of Jesus Christ to get us excited, to be ready for his return. And I want you to be blessed. And that's why I want to send you Karen Heimbuck's two-CD set. It's called The Revelation. And we'll get it to you with our thanks for your gift to this ministry, which exists because of listeners like you. So, as you heard before, this dramatic reading has music underneath it from the London Symphony Orchestra. As Karen Heimbach shares with us the original word-for-word text translated into English, I know this book will bless you as you listen. The Bible says that you will be blessed. So why don't you call us right now at 800-654-2836-800-654-2836. Ask for your copy of The Revelation today. Or you can visit us online and hear some excerpts from the special project. And when you're there, don't miss the short feature on the making of The Revelation with Karen talking about what she did and behind-the-scenes footage when she recorded live in the studio. By the way, this project was recorded in the same studio where the Beatles recorded, Abbey Road Studio in London. You can visit us at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And remember, we're sending 100% of your gifts to Eastern Europe to feed those in need in Eastern Europe. Our partner, Mission Eurasia, is on the ground handing out bread and sharing the bread of life, Jesus. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. Pray about how you can send help and how much. Ask about that when you call or read more when you visit haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The beginning of a trip can be an exciting time. It can be busy, too. Gassing up the car, packing your bags, heading down the highway, no matter your destination, a large part of the trip is the journey itself. Not all travel experiences are equal, though. Sometimes the journey to a favorite destination can be full of frustrations and unexpected expenses. But none of our trips have compared to Christ's final journey in his earthly ministry. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. This was a journey to heaven, but our Lord had to go through hell on the way, and he did it for all of us who trust in his name. Get Anchor devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.